Welcome to the e-commerce fuel podcast, the show dedicated to helping seven-figure plus store owners build incredible businesses and amazing lives. I'm Andrew Darian, and today on the podcast, we're gonna try to hit it early, like we do every year before it's December 31st, and you've seen your 15th or 16th 2020 predictions episode and wrap up from the year before. So we're gonna try to get in a couple of weeks early before the rush. And joining me to make some other horrifically ill-informed guesses and painfully likely review our guesses from last year. Mr. Bill D'Alessandro. Bill, welcome to the show again, sir. All right. I believe this is our third annual e-commerce predictions episode. I think so. And I think we're getting worse progressively each year with our progressions in terms of our track record. Maybe it was a blip. You know, I think I'm feeling good for this year. You're feeling good for this year. All right. I'm feeling good for this year. I got some good ones. Uh, Oh, you mean for your predictions going forward? Yeah, I think I got some good ones. I, it's always fun. And we haven't shared these with each other, correct? Like we don't know what they, what they are. We haven't talked about them. And so uh, it'll be, we're going to kind of be realizing them in, in real time. So yep, correct. Yeah. But quickly before we jump in, it's been a while since you've been, uh, you've been on the show for people who, you know, are interested in the life and times of Mr. Del Sanjo. What's uh, I usually don't do like, you know, check-ins with, with guests, but I feel like you're more than that, you know, you're a regular co-host. And so you know, a lot of people know you. What's going on with you, man? What's been the news in uh, your world in the last, you know, six months? Yeah, I've been busy. So kind of still all in on Elements Brands. We are growing. If you are out there, we are actually hiring for 15 open jobs at the moment. Oh my goodness, that's insane. <laughs> yep. All located in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is a beautiful, exploding city in wonderful North Carolina. So if you'd like to come work with us, uh, go to our website. We're looking for folks who work in e-commerce, work in operations. And then we are also about to close on a refinancing of our debt, which should leave us with a bunch of dry powder to go do more acquisitions. So if you want to sell your brand, also call me. We'd love to chat. Awesome. Elementsbrands.com, emphatically with two S's on the end of both of those. Is that right? No, one S. One S each. (laughs) Well, that's (laughs) right, right. That's what I meant. I didn't mean Elements Brands with two S's at the end of each. Both plural is how we say it. (laughs) Both plural. Love it. So you are, once you get the debt financed, how many acquisitions have you done this, this last year, 12 to 18 months? Averaging about one a year. We are hoping to do two to four next year. Jeez, that's crazy. And you'll be at uh, speaking at ECF Live again this year in San Antonio. Always love having you. Took the year off last year. And yeah, excited to have you back on and uh, and yeah, share some of the fun stuff you've been doing. So yeah, very excited. I promise it will be better than these predictions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if you're still with us, given all the optimism we're showing for uh, for this episode, before we jump in, want to give a big thank you to our two sponsors who make the show possible. First, I uh, to the team at Clavio. Bill, I believe you use Clavio. A lot of people in our in our our private community use it. Probably, well, definitely the most popular e-commerce marketing tool. Uh, 20,000 store owners are trusting this and came out with some pretty cool new features over the last couple months. Uh, Segmented time, automatic kind of smart send time so that it optimizes automatically when you're sending some of your campaigns so that uh, you you get the maximum engagement and open rates from those. Incredible segmentation ties in beautifully with with Shopify or most carts that you're using. So uh, if you're not using it, learn more about them and get started with a free trial at clavio.com forward slash ECF. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com forward slash ECF. And then secondly, a huge thank you to the incredible team at at Liquid Web who does does hosting just on a world-class level 
in and of itself. But if you are on WooCommerce, you have to check these guys out because they have spent an insane amount of time and energy building just a little, a wonderful little warm nest for your WooCommerce store. It's come optimized from the ground up to speed up your database calls, to make backup easy, upgrades for WooCommerce or WordPress easy, scalability, security patches, all the stuff that frustrates you and you have to go grab a beer and crack it to, in order to like sit down and you know actually work through the things they take care of automatically. So learn more about them and get started with them as, as low as 29 bucks a month to host your WooCommerce store at ecommercefield.com forward slash liquid web. All right, Bill, I think before we talk about this year, we have to go back and do a little accountability check for our predictions last year. And so I don't know if you looked at these, let me pull these up here. So we had 10 of them going in uh, to last year and that we recorded. And the first one was, so, so why don't we do this? Well, you don't have them here. I'll just read them both. My first prediction was Shopify is going to sell or close down Overlow. And to my knowledge, unless they've done this real quick, you know, recently, uh, or since I checked last night frantically, totally missed on that one. Yeah, I actually haven't heard. I mean, I haven't heard anything from Overlow actually in months and months. So maybe they have left it for dead. I don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't either. It seems like there's been less promotion about it, less ad. Uh, you know, in terms of it was popping up quite a while for you know pretty re, you know pretty commonly on, on on my ad feeds and things. But yeah, I I don't I haven't heard a lot about it. But they definitely, at least to my knowledge, sadly have not shut it down. Although I will say one of your predictions that that was a pr- pretty good one was, or at least close, definitely closer than Overlow and ties into that was your first prediction was Trump will back out of the universal parcel union, EPAC, it will no longer be an option coming from China. And it didn't entirely happen, but I give you, I probably give you 50 to 75% on this one. I'm taking credit. That's pretty good. I think it's, I mean, EPAC is not gone yet, but it's, uh, we're recording this. There's a little bit of time left in the year. And I think they have, I think it's probably getting, re- it's getting renegotiated, right? We can now set our own rights for EPAC. It has been renegotiated. And so there was a big thing, a big summit, the UPU that they had, and they did, we didn't pull out. But I think the, the agreement they came to was pretty much that we have, yeah, like you said, we have the right to be able to set our own rates. Those have not been set, but chances are fairly strong in the likelihood of probably 95% plus that when we do reset them on a country by country basis, which is what we negotiated, they're going to be significantly higher for China and other places that, you know, probably there's there's you know, some of the issues that with EPAC in terms of, you know, flooding the market with really cheap goods often counterfeit. I'll so, take it as a win. Point. Yeah. Good work. My second prediction was direct mail marketing will see a major resurgence. Uh, Bill, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you evaluate that one for if it's. What do you think? Uh, major resurgence this year for direct mail. Uh, that might be selling it a bit strongly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, might be so over. That being said, I am getting significantly more postcards, typically from the venture funded grow at all costs brands, DTC brands, think Casper, et cetera. But I am definitely getting postcards from them this year and I was not last year. Yeah. I I feel like I've heard a little bit more a little more about it, but in terms of a major resurgence, no, I don't think so. So I, sadly I'm not going to give myself uh, you know any credit for that one. Although I'm not going to be re-upping it for this next year, but I do think we will see more of that as some of my predictions will maybe tie into here in a minute. But yeah, 0% for me on that one. So Bill, your next prediction was that Walmart buys Shopify. So thoughts on that one? Unless, uh, late breaking news, maybe? This has not happened. I still think it should happen. I'm not sure if it will happen. Walmart has been divesting all of their DTC brands. You know, They've sold Modcloth, I think they're trying, talking about selling Bonobos and a couple other of those brands that they bought. So there clearly has been sort of a political shift inside of Walmart 
where they're trying to get away from DTC. But I think Walmart has always historically been more of a conduit, uh, you know, a retailer. And so owning something like Shopify would make a lot of sense. That being said, I don't know there if there is a wherewithal uh, inside of Walmart. I saw a quote from uh, the Walmart North America CEO say, when he was asked why Walmart Marketplace was struggling to, to get going, he said, you know, you really need a lot of merchants, you know, who knew you needed 20,000 plus merchants to make a marketplace work? I sure didn't. Uh, <laughs> and I went, man, like, you know, I wrote on Twitter, like his head's really going to explode when he realizes that Amazon has a million plus sellers on marketplace and that 20,000 20, is a drop in the bucket. So I think Walmart might have a ways to go from a kind of headspace point of view before they're buying Shopify. Yeah. Like the culturally, when they bought Bonobos, that seemed like such an odd. I mean, the culture bonobos is like very, you know, high end, tailored clothes, high, you know, very high touch in person experiences versus Walmart's brand, which is just very different. I, I thought that was such an odd acquisition, but yeah, it's it's interesting. So, and the same thing with with Shopify, the culture fit there, I think, is so potentially could be an interesting platform for them. But but again, like Shopify really excels at providing software to very not entirely, but I think they do best with differentiated brands that sell via their own channels. And uh, yeah, just Walmart's very much like a mover of a lot of goods at low margin. So interesting. So I guess we'll see if you're going to double up on that one uh, this next year. So my third prediction was that we're going to see Volusion either sell or go under. And yeah, sadly, also uh, completely missed the boat on this one. Although maybe I get 5% credit for the huge hack that they had on the credit card front uh, about a month ago. But yeah, mostly missed the boat on this one. Had you picked Xcart, you would have been right because Seller oh Lab just bought Xcart. I know, which also is another very head-scratching, another very surprising acquisition. Do you? Do you? What are your thoughts on that acquisition? I am also scratching my head. I wonder... I mean, I know XCard, I think, has been sort of left for dead for a while. I wonder if it's a data play. I wonder if it's just a – they might have paid nothing for it. I mean, I don't know what it's worth. So who knows? Uh, if, if, it was, if it was effectively free, it makes a lot more sense to me, which it might have been. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. Or, or maybe just, you know, I guess my other thought too was their Sellers Lab is, is entirely Amazon focused. And so they thought, well, hey, man, if, if, you know, for some reason Amazon boots us, closes their API, releases all of our same tools, you know, internally in Sellers Central, you know, we maybe this gives us a little bit of uh, a hedge against that uh, in terms of totally off Amazon. But yeah, an interesting acquisition. You should so. get someone from Seller Labs to come on here and explain it. I, I think you're right. I should. So your next prediction from last year was Amazon FBA items come to Whole Foods stores. Uh, so you doubled down on this one from the year before. Amazon introduces a smart Alexa-enabled refrigerator, which somehow tracks what you ordered, what you've got, and helps you place new orders from Whole Foods for delivery. I think the second part of that is still coming. Alexa ordering your your groceries for you from the fridge. The I also still think it would make a ton of sense for FBI items to be at Whole Foods, but I think the way they're going to do that instead is to roll out Amazon Go stores nationwide, which is already starting to happen. So I, I think in 2020, you will probably see a lot more Amazon Go stores in a lot more places, and then maybe starting to pull in a couple years after that, FBA inventory into those stores. So I think I'm, I'm pretty early on this one. Yeah, interesting. My next one was that we're going to have major bold legislation debate on the national sales tax bill. And man, I feel like the theme here, at least for me, on, on, for you, for a couple of them, is like we are way too we are way too ambitious on timelines. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I, I probably you know I had a sense of this, but I went for it anyway. But yeah, we we've had some 
some legislation has definitely been introduced into the you know into Congress, but in terms of a bold legislate a bold debate, a serious debate about this happening, I don't see Congress really taking this up yet. I don't think they realize what a pain this is going to be, or if they do, they don't care. But I, yeah, I haven't seen. I haven't seen significant progress on this. I also see it as a not vote getter, not vote loser type issue. And they only have time for those types of issues coming into a national election next year. Is yeah, my, good point. My sense. So I think they'll probably sit. Man. So your next one, Bill, was Amazon partners with e-scooter companies for deliveries. Ah, you know what? That's a good one, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I don't think it's happening. Our timelines. I mean, we have, I wish people at Amazon and Walmart and Shopify would listen to, to our prediction episodes. They, they, I mean, think how much better they would they would be doing if they so did. So many good ideas, I know. <laughs> it's really their fault that these predictions are not coming true, not ours. <laughs> that right. is where the blame is in this whole thing. That's right. That's right. My, uh, and then the last two predictions were mine, UPS or FedEx is going to start offering Sunday delivery to Amazon customers at a slightly more expensive or even normal rates. I don't believe that has happened. Bill, correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't see it. Yeah. And then the last one was, and we're a little early for this, but I'm pretty confident I also missed this one. Q4 2019, we're going to see year over year decline in the median housing prices in the US. And I don't know, maybe Charlotte is cooling down since I last chatted with you, but a little bit of a softening like in some markets on the West Coast. But in general, it seems like the housing housing market is still doing fairly well. Still cooking here. Yeah. So, so how's that for a bloodbath? Eh, yeah, just early. So it's early. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think we can do better for 2020. So I, I think so too. If you know any of the senior management at Shopify, Walmart, Amazon, please pass this episode along to them. It would, it would, you know, just for their benefit and, and, and our, and our dignity for both of those would be great. So, all right. So with that, if we have anyone left after, uh, you know, our uh, amazing insights here into the future, let's, uh, let's do this again. Let's subject ourselves to this for next year. And Bill, why don't you kick us off with your first prediction for 2020? For 2020. All right. My first prediction is there will be no recession in 2020. Interesting. I th- wh- why? Why do you think that? Because going into the election, Donald Trump will do absolutely everything he possibly can to make sure the market keeps going up. And also, you know, not like we're going to be rolling back or any tax tax breaks or anything. So going into the election, I think you may have some sideways movement. You may be a lot of uncertainty, but I don't think the market's going to roll over unless you know you may even have a shock post election. But I, I just don't see it being down significantly. I mean, maybe flat, but not down significantly next year. What do you think? And you know, without getting too political about it, just from a raw probabilistic standpoint, what do you think the chances are he gets elected again next year? Raw probabilistic, I think the betting markets are in the low 40s. Wow. Okay. Uh Interesting. Interesting. Great. And I I did not, I thought about doing a recession prediction, but I feel like uh, we've, I've talked on the podcast and to you many times about my uh, even worse track record than e-commerce predictions and trying to predict recessions. And I just decided uh, <laughs> to bow out this year. So so yeah, thanks for taking care of that for me. All right. So my first prediction is that for the first year ever, we're going to see the percent of merchants selling on Amazon decline. And the metric I'm looking for that is the state of the merchant. So not broadly, you know, like not, I think Amazon will still add more merchants aggregate in terms of third-party merchants selling on the platform. But I think in terms of like, you look at the demographics that the Bill and you and I are familiar with are part of, at least you, the ones that I pretend to be a part of by, by running the community. I think we're going to see that percentage of people you know, for the first time. Yeah, I think it's about 55% now. I think that's going to drop. Not a lot, but you know, maybe just by half a percent or a percent or two. But I think we're, first time ever, we're going to see that. 
I think you might be early. We'll see. Because I, I think I think Shopify does not have fulfillment yet. When Shopify fulfillment network really gets cooking, which I don't think will happen until late 2020 or so, I think it, that's what's going to make a dent in that number. Interesting. Yeah, I, I just seen, have seen such a deceleration this last year of it, and I feel like the the noise around problematic issues on Shopify has been or on Amazon with IP and other things. There's still so much opportunity there, but it just seems like people are taking a it, it's they're taking more of a second guess. And so, yeah, you're probably right. Being early has been something that have been very you know both of us <laughs> seem to have a trend on. So, yeah. What about uh, what about your second prediction? All right, this is Amazon centric and also at high risk of being early. And, and a hat tip to my friend Zach Cantor, who plants the seed for this one, which is that Amazon breaks itself up voluntarily in 2020. And the reason I predict that is everybody can read the news. The antitrust heat is getting hotter and hotter under Amazon's butt. And especially as we go into a contentious election, you can be sure that plenty of politicians will be making a campaign issue about Amazon being too big to fail, about Amazon, you know, squeezing out its third-party sellers, you know, competing with them, putting their own products in the buy box, uh, et cetera. The ad business conflicting with the retail business, the retail business not making any money and being subsidized by AWS, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it's kind of turning into political football. I think. Uh, Jeff Bezos is no dummy. He has recently opened HQ2 in Washington. He has moved there. He sees this coming. And for five plus years now, maybe closer to 10 years, the kind of the decree inside of Amazon is that every team speaks to each other, you know, kind of at an arm's length through a service architecture, meaning that, you know, Amazon retail is simply the largest customer of FBA. And I've spoken to people that, you know, run brands inside of Amazon and they have to use Seller Central just like we do. Now they can call a colleague if they need help, but they are still acting Amazon first party is acting like a giant customer of FBA. Similarly, a lot of the internal teams are use AWS as just a giant customer. And so I think Amazon will proactively break itself up into one company, Amazon FBA, Another company, Amazon first party retail. Think think essentially like, you know, the reseller, like the retailer. A third company, Amazon first party brands, all of their own private label brands, and then AWS. So I think you will have four separate publicly traded Amazons next year. It's it's so smart of them a to do that internally because they, they have to eat their own dog food more or less and it helps them iterate and become you know just better which is brilliant also helps with that when it does come and if you look at amazon too like they with sales tax and bill if my memory is funny here or fuzzy here jump in and correct it but i feel like when sales tax first came out in terms of amazon collecting it they were fighting it a little bit and then they really switched and embraced it and i feel like partially because they felt like this is going to happen we can't fight it so why don't we just try to do it on our own terms before we're forced to do it and i, I you know there's probably a good chance they're thinking about the same thing just like you said that is the type of guy that jeff bezos is he he will say oh yeah watch me uh, <laughs> And then I think he'll do it to himself long before he lets anyone else do it to him. Yeah, great. That's a good one. I like that one. So my second prediction for 2020 is that, and this one isn't too shocking. We'll see if it happens at the speed at which, that's the hardest part, uh, but is that SMS is going to gain traction as the new darling marketing method and SaaS platforms, established and emerging ones, are going to fight tooth and nail 
for market share. So I think this is going to be, you know, Messenger was it a couple of years ago. And I think I'm, we're slowly starting to see if, if people, Clavio's getting ready to, you know, release theirs or already has by the time this airs. And I know a number of other people that are either working on them or have uh, some, some, you know, startups in, in the works that are, you know, 18 months old and, and are really, you know, getting some traction. Anyway, I think this is going to be the marketing the, the marketing channel that's you know hot and sexy and getting a lot of traction and attention from SaaS and merchants in, in 2020. I completely agree. I think that is a great prediction. I mean, I think just Clavio offering SMS is going to give it a huge push uh, in that direction. Their product seems very, very cool to be able to do flows and whatnot in SMS. And I believe you can incorporate them, email, SMS, et cetera, and kind of reach customers the way they want to be reached. And SMS, I think the open rates are like 98%. So that beats the hell out of email. Yeah. And you know, you look at Messenger. Messenger had fantastic open rates as well. But I feel like the restrictions that they put on that in terms of you know promotions, how you have to like get people to re-engage to be able to send them a promotion email, super high engagement and maybe great for, for brand building and informational, but it does hamstring you a little bit. And, and SMS, you know, I'm, I'm guessing the smart platforms will monitor that pretty carefully as well and don't let you spam the heck out of uh, them. But but uh, that probably is a little more open. So I, I would guess that is one advantage of having that. So, and perhaps the corollary to that is that in 2021, 2020's use of, overuse of SMS will ruin SMS as a marketing channel because the carriers will restrict it and, and uh, will be, have the restrictions similar to what Facebook Messenger had. I happen to know that Twilio is working on a lot of stuff, initiatives with the carriers to prevent commercial spam, commercial SMS spam. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I this is the one thing I think it has a lot of potential for greatness. But marketers, and I speak as one, we tend to be pretty horrific about maintaining the integrity of our channels long term. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah, I think you're right. I don't know if it'll take. That's something I would bet a little bit longer on. On you know, maybe a year. I think you know, it takes a year or two, and then you know, probably two to three years before people start getting really sick and, and brands abusing it. But yeah, I think eventually that'll totally happen. It'll be fun while it lasts. <laughs> uh, yeah, you get the you know fish in the in the stocked pond while it's uh, while it's rich. So what's uh, what's your next prediction? My next prediction is a little Clavio centric, which was that Clavio goes vertical and launches e-commerce. Ah, interesting. Because they, I mean, you've got Shopify actually just today announced that they are launching a Clavio competitor. Although I still think Shopify should buy Clavio, and I almost made that my prediction, but I think the guys at Clavio have a little bit bigger ambitions than that. So I think Shopify was unable to buy Clavio. They launched their own email product. They're going to try to build it internally. And I think you're going to see Clavio start to go back up forward in the customer lifecycle chain and try to own the transaction in some way. Interesting. That, that's a bold one. Either launch or acquire. You know, maybe they'll buy someone like a big commerce or, or one of the kind of tier two carts. Or something. Maybe they'll buy Volusion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so either they'll acquire it or launch it. We get a two for one. I'm ranking for that one just so you know we can uh, both feel good about a prediction we've made this year in the past. Interesting. Yeah the 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 Shopify email that rolled out it seemed like it seemed like it was a little more lightweight or significantly more lightweight than uh, than Clavio, no flows and some other things. But but yeah that that is interesting. Oh I, that's that's another good bold one. I like it. So my second to last prediction here is I think Amazon in 2020 is going to let you hand returns unboxed directly to Amazon delivery drivers for returning. And the reason I think that is return something from Amazon this last month and I got a little code. I'm sure you've done this, Bill. This is the first time I had done this. Uh, I got a little code that I put on my phone and just walked into UPS 
And I just handed them the product. It was like a bike sprocket. It was in the, the original packaging. It was you know like you would buy it at a, a brick and mortar store. But I didn't box it up. I didn't label it. I didn't put a sticker on it. I don't man. I don't even own like a a, a real printer these days. And so I just handed it straight to the UPS rep. Had them scan uh, the barcode, and they said, "That's great. You're done. We'll box it up for you and send it off." Didn't char- didn't cost me anything. And and the only way it could get easier is if. The, you know, the Amazon delivery guys, which I think we're going to make most sense to roll out first. If you could just, when they deliver your package, you just hand them the product and have them scan something and they take it to you and then they you know, take it back and do the same thing. So I think, and Amazon is so good at driving the process of making it easier to shop and to return things and just, you know, they're, they're good at the customer centric part. They, they do a really good job of that. I think we'll see that hopefully this year. Boy, I don't know if that will happen, but I sure as hell hope it does happen. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> have you done that when you've walked into UPS or FedEx and just handed them the product and had them scan it and you walked out and didn't do anything else? No, that sounds awesome. Very cool. Yeah. All right. What's your next one? This is my favorite one. So I am predicting what I'm calling the great DTC shakeout of 2020. And this is what I mean by that. As we sit here in November 2019, we are only several weeks off of WeWork being sort of exposed as not the technology company that everybody thought they were, but it turns out they just rent office space. And they were a real estate company the whole damn time. And I think there are a lot of direct consumer brands who have been valued-like and raised capital-like technology companies have raised on big valuations, have spent that venture capital on you know paid acquisition, have lit a lot of money on fire, and have scaled to you know eight figures in revenue, 10, 20, 30 million in revenue, and are not profitable and are losing money. And they're going to have to raise again. And I predict they're not going to be able to in 2020. And you are going to see, and this is not, you know, it's not going to affect the broader economy, but this will feel like a recession in kind of the the DTC brand world where people are going to start to realize that, you know, you can't just raise a million dollars for another brand of men's skincare products. I think people are going to start focused on profitability. And I think you are going to start to see a lot of brands that you've seen a lot of Instagram ads for go away. Interesting. I, I think that's a, a, I think that's a good prediction. And it's it's funny. I've you know, looked at a handful of kind of private investments in the e-commerce space over the last three four months, and some of them have been great. Some of them, just like you said, they're 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 not they don't have anything proprietary on the tech front, and they're they're being valued fairly early, early to medium at you know large multiples of revenue versus profitability. And and there's been also some some product brands I've seen, lifestyle brands, uh, again, they've got maybe some IP in their brand. No, I don't know, IP. They have good branding. They may have some proprietary product lines that I thought were killing it or significantly bigger and, and were not on the financial side. So I, I, yeah, I think you're, it's hard too, because Bill, we've talked about this. You, you have a much better track record of Amazon, you know, our infamous Amazon bet that you've just absolutely destroyed me at. And, you know, you've had, you've done a better job of overlooking kind of that, just, you know, looking at things that, on a future potential as opposed to just a fundamental basis. I've failed at that in the past. I'm trying to get better at that. But even, you know, it's been such a good three or four or five years plus in that space. It's, it's even I, I feel like I'm getting sucked into being like, well, you know, these are reasonable valuations. So I think, I think you're right. I think that's, that's a pretty good prediction. People are going to start to say, oh my God, they just make leggings. 
or they just make skincare products. And this is a business that should be growing, you know, modestly year over year and should have profitable EBITDA margins. And maybe the market is only, you know, this could ever only ever be a 50 to 100 million dollar brand. And that is fine. In fact, that is great. And I would absolutely support entrepreneurs trying to build those types of businesses. But I think there are a lot out there who have raised capital and set expectations that they're never going to make any money. They're going to be huge and take over the world, you know, take over an entire category. And I think it's going to become clear that there's no, the emperor has no clothes there. And you're going to find valuations crashing back down to earth on DTC brands. And have you seen this? How much of this has been informed by you mentioned at the top? You're looking to re- uh, refinance some of your debt, and granted, some of those lenders probably you know maybe it's not 100 percent investing uh, a perfect overlap with the DTC brands that you're talking about. But I'm sure there is some. How much of this prediction is being informed by the conversations you've had with them, the, the terms you've been able to negotiate, and kind of the questions they're asking you? Well, I would say that you know in refinancing our debt at the Elements Brands level, that is a very different market. I mean, we are we are growing and profitable. You know, we are not we we don't really fit that mold. You know, we're trying to refinance for acquisitions and growth based on actual real cash flow. That being said, I talk every day to people who are in the the VC and equity market, both raising and both buying and selling those offerings, and it is already starting to get a little harder. And I'm also seeing so I'm I'm seeing a lot of brands that I thought were bigger or I thought were more profitable based on the amount of Instagram and Facebook that they do. I have seen behind the curtain on some of these brands and been shocked at how relatively small their top line is as compared to their annual Facebook budget and how not profitable they are. Yeah, I've seen that too on, on in a couple instances. Great. Well, all right. So my last prediction is that this next year, 2020, we're going to see a new kind of buzzword come into the marketing lexicon. And I don't know what the buzzword is going to be, but I think it's going to be, Clavio calls it, uh, I think Clavio did a really good job with with, uh, making this their focus and tagline. They call it owned marketing. I don't know if that's going to be the word that catches on or if it's going to be something else. But I think there's a large and and growing consensus or at least awareness that you're at the mercy of three big brands. It's getting more expensive to to advertise and promote with those. Thinking about how you can connect with customers directly so you're not in an absolute, you know, absolutely backed into a corner and completely relying on those platforms in three or four years is going to become you know something that uh, gets a lot of steam, and so so focusing on those channels you control, things like direct mail, text, SMS, email, word of mouth. I think is going to potentially pop up. Community. Talk to someone on the podcast. Just yesterday, this podcast was already aired from from penaltybox co, where they've built a, a business, you know, a meaningful seven figure business entirely from a private Facebook group. You know, they can. And granted, that's still boxed in on, on Facebook, but they could do something very similar with with their own independent platform. And I think community there, which is not something that's been done a whole lot because building community is really hard. All that being said, I do think we're going to start to see that kind of pick up steam in 2020. And I think in 2021, that's when I would say you're going to see that become a real focus and potentially even have its own little term like growth hacking and probably get really annoying and everyone mentions it by 2022 and we'll be sick of it by 2023. (laughs) <laughs> Probably so. Own marketing. <laughs> yeah, again, I can't claim credit for that uh, that term, although I wish I could. So, Bill, do you have any other? Those were my four. Those are your four. My four. Awesome, man. I feel a little. I always say this. I feel a little better about these predictions than uh, the ones last year. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I always feel good about him going in, but I still feel good about my last years. I mean, like it's it's happening. I think it just you know, what is it? We always we the human beings tend to overestimate what they can accomplish in a year and underestimate what they can accomplish in five years. Yeah, that's a great quote. I love that. Who said that? Do you know? I don't know whose quote that is. No. I don't either. Bill, always fun to do it, even when we're wrong. Yeah, man. Excited for a new year for you. Excited to hang out in San Antonio, have you speak. And as always, thanks for coming on and uh, batting these ideas around. It's a blast. Yeah. See you at ECF Live. Can't wait. If you're listening to this and you own your own e-commerce business, and chances are probably pretty good that you do, if you've gotten this far through the episode, you need to check out our private community for store owners. It's a a vetted group of over a thousand store owners and experienced professionals and the reason it's different is, is just like I mentioned, it's vetted. We go through and we require all new members have a seven-figure business. They actually have experience in the space. And we go through and we review all applications to make sure everyone's legit when they come in. And then once everyone gets inside, it's not a free-for-all. We, we moderate in ways where if people are being jerks or you know behaving inappropriately, we toss them out. If people come in and do nothing but ask questions, we toss them out. We really value experience. We value reciprocity. And it's a place where you're going to be able to connect with other store owners to learn what's working, but also make good friends. Like some of my best friends I have met through this community. And I know that others can say that as well. So if you're interested in learning more and applying for membership, you can do that at ecommercefuel.com forward slash form. That's F-O-R-U-M. And of course, I want to give a huge thank you to the few sponsors who make this show possible. First to Liquid Web, who offers the absolute best place to host your WooCommerce store online, a scalable rock solid platform. If you want to learn more about them and how they can supercharge your WooCommerce store, you can do that at ecommercefuel.com forward slash liquid web. And also to the team over at Clavio, who makes email automation incredibly easy and powerful. You can get started for free and test drive their platform at ecommercefuel.com forward slash Clavio. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O. Thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate your time and you following the podcast and looking forward to catching you again next Friday. The ASY Radio Network Live from New York.